was a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August the 15th, 2008. Newcomers are always advised to go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, where you can download lots of free shows from, from the last few years, in fact, going back 10 years, on this big game plan called the New World Order, called globalism, called many, many things, but it's really about the conquering of every individual on the planet. A very old plan indeed, and rather ambitious. But why do things small? Also look into Alan Watt, sentientsentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download and print up, pass around to your friends in the various languages of Europe. Today I've been stacking wood because you've got to get going when the weather's against you. And it's getting towards the end of the summer into fall. And by the looks of things, they're not going to let up much on the aerial spring. There's no routine. It's a daily thing. And the weather generally is pretty much the same as the day before, which is usually rain and thunderstorms. The day was a bit of a break. But I guess we'll have to adapt and continue with those things like cutting wood, stacking wood, and all the other things we have to do outside, even though it's raining. And of course... The bugs are incredible. They're, they're just really taken off with all this wet weather. All, everything that bites is just doing a great business, including the little black flies that they now have down in the breadbasket of the U.S. as well. They used to be only in Canada. So these are the pestilences. And I've always said they follow revelations, their old business plan to the letter. We've only got the, the famines to come and the plagues. We've already got the wars and the rumors of wars. And everything they can do can be done scientifically. That's the kicker. They used to couch in terms of understanding nature. And when they understood nature, they'd conquer the world. And really what they're talking about is science. This is the scientific dictatorship that Huxley and others talked about. It's here. It's here. And it's nothing to do with just nations. It's to dominate every single individual on the planet. And I was thinking about that today when I was loading the wood up. How people in countries like Britain and Canada and the U.S. are being monitored with with every phone call, every fax, every email. They're being watched by cameras everywhere they go. Do you really think the war is something to do with people over there somewhere? Because all the signs say that it's all about observing and monitoring you every single one of you and your children until we get it through our thick heads that the war was declared on the population of the planet a long time ago and until we understand that the characters who run this world do not plant standards in like flags on a battlefield where you can have an even chance these characters don't play by any any good rules the only rule is to win 
and they're very dirty fighters indeed. Because when you understand what they've done to the people on the planet for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, you should be really utterly enraged. And then you'd have to do something about it, wouldn't you? It's much easier to go back into La La Land and watch television and fantasize about nice things, isn't it? Than face the reality that there are people in this world who want to reduce the population by any and every means possible and control your mind and then create a new type of being we won't have to worry about anymore. That's what it's all about. Back with more after this break. What is the matrix? It's this big artificial reality you've been born into where your mind has been controlled from your birth, basically by your parents who downloaded their own fantasized world into you, just the way things are. That's how we... I can remember asking questions to my parents and they'd say, well, that's just the way it is. They'd accepted it, you see. And most children don't think beyond that. What is when they're born is obviously normal. It has to be. And therefore, they adapt very quickly. Education takes over to condition you to be a good citizen. And remember, the state dictates what a good citizen happens to be at any time. And they can keep changing it too. And we adapt. Then the media takes over and the culture industry, and that keeps us in check for the rest of our lives. But the war literally is a war to dominate everybody on the planet utterly dominate them and years ago Carl Jung Huxley and others talked about this period where you'd have a bureaucratic and scientific dictatorship running the world Lenin talked about it now Lenin remember wasn't just the old lefty that happened to do good you know the poor boy makes good in the world he was coached by the best bankers on the planet to do the left-wing part of the dialectic. And he said that there are a thousand directions society could go and ways to live, but the public mustn't know. They must think the one they're born into is the only one that could have possibly evolved, and most folk really do believe that. As I say, when you see cameras around every town, village, and city across the planet watching you and who's watching you by the way how many agencies are watching you just how far did they go to watch you and they have boom microphones and they're putting artificial trees up along the highways in, the, in America stacked with antenna and microphones and video cameras remember too this behaviorism that Skinner and his characters were up to they experimented with animals by putting something that was vaguely familiar to them in their cage and they would adapt to them. And here they are doing it with us. We give them artificial trees. They won't notice. And you know something? They're right for most people. They won't notice. Here's an article from theguardian.co.uk on August the 13th, 2008. 
And I'm going to read this the way it's presented to the public, and you should really stop and think. This means you. The battlefield's about you, not for people just over there. Everything that created is to be used on, and is being used on, the public. It says, brain will be battlefield of future one's U.S. intelligence report. The human brain could become a battlefield in future wars. A new report predicts including pharmacological landmines and drones directed by mind control. By Ian Sample from The Guardian. Rapid advances in neuroscience could have a dramatic impact on national security and the way in which future wars are fought. U.S. intelligence officials have been told. In a report commissioned by the Defense Intelligence Agency, leading scientists were asked to examine how a greater understanding of the brain over the next 20 years is likely to drive the development of new medicines and technologies. Now, I've said over and over, whenever they announce something, they've done it. And generally, they've done it long ago. Because we're kept really in the past all the time. That's how you keep control of power. We get a fake history, a fake reality for the time we live in, because all the stuff they're working on, like Dolly the Sheep, was done long, long before Dolly came along, and perfected too. To continue, they found several areas in which progress could have a profound impact, including behavior-altering drugs, well, they use that on us anyway, scanners that can interpret a person's state of mind, they do that with us too at airports, etc., and devices capable of boosting senses such as hearing and vision, and that's been done in experiments back in the 50s. On the battlefield, bullets may be replaced with pharmacological landmines while they're doing that with the chemical sprays they dump on us across the planet every day. They release drugs to incapacitate soldiers in contact, while scanners and other electronic devices could be developed to identify suspects from their brain activity and even disrupt their ability to tell lies when questioned, the report says. See, this is all about the public. This is not about people on battlefield. See, the world is the battlefield. To understand, the world is the battlefield for the psychopaths who rule it. The concept of torture could also be altered by products in this market. It's possible that someday there could be a technique developed to extract information from a prisoner that does not have any lasting side effects, the report states. The report highlights one electronic technique called transcranial direct current stimulation, which involves using electrical pulses to interfere with the firing of neurons in the brain and has been shown to delay a person's ability to tell a lie. That device has been used in the Soviet Union schools for years. Drugs could also be used to enhance the performance of military personnel. They're doing that already. There's already anecdotal evidence of troops using the narcolepsy drug modafinil and Ritalin, which is prescribed for attention deficit disorder to boost their performance. Well, personally, I think anybody in the military has already got attention deficit disorder in this day and age because they're all guinea pigs. Future drugs developed to boost the cognitive faculties of people with dementia are likely to be used in a similar way, the report adds. Well, that's already been used for memory enhancement. So this is given out as though they're going to do all this in the future. They're doing it. They've been doing it for years. It says greater understanding of the brain's working is also expected to usher in new devices that link directly to the brain, either to allow operators to control machinery with their minds 
such as flying unmanned reconnaissance drones or to boost their natural senses. There's a movie came out in the 70s, I think it was. It was called, I think it's called Blue Thunder. And it was about an advanced type of helicopter that had all kinds of weaponry, gizmos on them, that would be used to patrol American cities. And it showed you how, even by directing your eyes, you can make the thing fly left or right, up and down, and all the rest of it. This is old stuff here, so why are they pushing this stuff out to the front? It's a sort of tongue-in-cheek joke, because... They're using all this stuff already on the general public. It says here, for example, video from a person's glasses or audio recorded from a headset could be processed by a computer to help search for relevant information. Experiments indicate that the advantages of these devices are such that human operators will be greatly enhanced for things like photo reconnaissance and so on. Kit Green, who, Scott, who chaired the report for the committee, said, the report warns that one that while the U.S. and other Western nations might now consider themselves at the forefront of neuroscience, that is likely to change as other countries ramp up their computing capabilities. Unless security services can monitor progress internationally, they risk major, even catastrophic intelligence failures in the years ahead, the report warns. In the intelligence community, there's an extremely small number of people who understand the science, and without that, it's going to be impossible to predict surprises. This is a black hole that needs to be filled with light. I like that little Masonic part at the end. Green, Green told the Guardian, Mr. Green. <laughs> but anyway, what they're really telling you is that they have to make it more, the, the society more observable. They must know more about everyone for safety, etc. So all this technology and the drugs and everything else is to be used on the people. And only then can psychopaths sit back and feel safe. You know, for hundreds if not thousands of years, the rulers have, have sat and worried about being overthrown by the peasantry. And that's what this is all about. And the kings and the queens and the aristocracies of the planet, the big club at the top, with all their helpers down the pyramid, the bankers and so on, and the scientists that would sell their souls and everyone else's to get ahead or get their names in the books as being famous have all decided that we're just too obsolete. We have to go. We're not perfect enough. We're poor workers and we're very unpredictable. We have anger abilities and temper abilities and we can riot and sometimes even rebel. So that's got to be done away with. And then our masters can sleep at peace at night. Meanwhile, they're using all our tax monies and all these big international corporations that, that design these technologies, these manacles that we all have to wear. We pay for it all. So when you're into your, your soaps or your movies or your games and you're just enjoying yourself on this big roller coaster of fantasy, remember what's been done to you and for those around you, and for those who could and should come after us, who probably won't have a chance of even being born in this scientific system. Think about that. It's astonishing to see what really is going on in every field of science, because it's, it's all aimed at this. 
they're into the genes big time with possibilities of finding the one that may cause criminality. It may, you see, because they want to start replacing lots of your junk genes, you know, the, the junk genes that make you you, uniquely you, because they want to standardize everyone. It's all the same, just like the Borg. And add the ones in from passive people that make them passive and obedient. That's what it's all about. Not about enhancing you so you can go and play uh, more, more, more openly or happily or in depth with, with games and stuff. It's to make you more predictable. That's what it's all about. I'm going to read an article about this when I come back from this break. every single individual completely 100% every individual across the planet and literally alter the genetic makeup of everyone so we're all like clones of each other all standardized and we'll have stamps in as good citizens because we'll be unable to be anything else except well-behaved obedient servile slaves until the next one comes in they'll be completely genetically altered and born in a test tube or born in one of these new silicone wombs that they have in the science magazines. Every year, new mental disorders are added to the list for psychiatrists to use and therapists to use. And how it's done is a panel of psychiatrists at their big meetings simply voted in. They vote in the new diseases. Because every disease, you see, is another plus for the pharmaceutical agencies that always come up with drugs to, you know, calm it down. They work hand in glove. In fact, really, psychiatry today is just an arm of the big pharma companies. Here's an example of it from the BBC. And that was from the 9th of August. Low marks linked to schizophrenia in school, you see. Poor performance at school could indicate an increased risk of later developing schizophrenia, a study says. Could, you see, all of these coulds and maybes. UK and Swedish researchers followed more than 900,000 children born between 1973 and 1983. The psychological medicine paper found getting an E grade in any GCSE stage exam was linked to a doubling of the small risk of developing schizophrenia. It wasn't because you were bored or anything. But a mental health charity said the illness was often linked with high rather than low intelligence. Well, maybe that's why they want to drug them, eh? Schizophrenia was commonly, which commonly causes people to hear voices and experience paranoid delusions. Now, you can't even really say that today because we know that voice to skull can make you hear anything. And Nick Biggish demonstrated that on the CBC television on the Wendy Mesley show years ago with gadgets that, they, that somehow were dumped in his lap from the CIA from the 1950s. They could make you hear voices. And experienced paranoid delusions often becoming evident in the late teens or early 20s. The researchers from the Institute of Psychiatry at King's College London and the Karolinska Institute 
an institute in Stockholm looked at the Swedish data on exam results taken at the age of 15 or 16. They then looked at hospital data on admissions for psychotic disorders, including schizophrenia, after the age of 17. Sweden has comprehensive national registers, and it is. Sweden's the most socialized country outside of Britain. This is with every individual having their own identification code, so the data could be compared. You see how they use all of these uh, gadgets and gimmickry, like giving you social insurance numbers and health numbers, and and they can monitor you all down through your life because you're, you're living in a big cage, big laboratory. The general risk for an adult to be diagnosed with schizophrenia in any given year is 7 in 100,000. Getting an E grade in any of the 16 subjects looked at by the researchers was linked to a doubling of that risk. Researchers found that those with the poorest school performance overall had four times that risk of developing schizophrenia when they were adults. Other studies have shown there's a link between schizophrenia and earlier problems with learning or understanding. However, the researchers said other factors were probably involved. Probably. Well, probably. They want to drug you all, but probably and maybes come into all their different theories. Writing the journal, Mr. James McCabe of the Institute of Psychiatry, who led the research team, said school performance should not be seen simply as a proxy for intelligence. The researchers said poor attendance and engagement with education, memory and attention problems, as well as issues with organization, creativity, Diligence and social skills could all play a part. No kidding. Dr. McCabe said doing badly at school is not a cause of schizophrenia. There's a marker for something not being quite right several years prior to diagnosis. And see, school itself is meant to standardize everyone. It's like walking into a store where one suit fits all. And it doesn't take into account we're all different. School is to standardize us all into the same being or creature to serve an economic and social system, which we didn't design. And they all, you wouldn't believe what they have already voted in for psychiatric disorders. I think everyone I know has at some time uh, had the, the nervous leg syndrome where you, you saw lean forward and, and the ball of your foot and your leg starts twitching up and down. It's like a little nervous thing. And it, you burn off some, some of your energy by doing, well, that's now a disease, you know. And you can get a pill for that. Expensive one. So we've all got it. Or we've all had it. Maybe some of us just grow out of it. But this is where it's all going, you see. They're trying to, to label us all as mentally imperfect. Going back to the psychiatric and psychological magazines from the 60s and 70s, some of the top people in the field in the Americas declared that everybody in America who held on to the the belief in family or religion was mentally ill. And they wanted to put down as a mental problem and treat it. Amazing, eh? Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just going through some of the incredible things that are happening in the world and giving you a little bit of history behind it. The psychiatric industry, and it is a, truly an industry, is based on a lot of hocus-pocus and is based on a lot of greed as well. But it's also backed by those who want to control the world by using mental diagnosis to eliminate individuality. In fact, I'm surprised they don't have that down yet. Maybe they do have individualism down as a mental disease. And no doubt they'll have some kind of therapy to treat you. That's what its real purpose is, because the psychiatric industry has been tied up from the beginning with the eugenics movement, heavily so. And psychiatry was used to punish people who were dissidents in the Soviet Union. Mental hospitals were opened up because there all kinds of new categories of mental disorders if you disagreed with the government. One of them was inflexibility of opinion. That was a mental disorder that would have you locked up, possibly for life. And you were forced to take drugs, inhaladol, etc., and electroshock treatment and everything else they threw at you for inflexibility of opinion. We know that the, psychi- the psychiatric industry flocked to the Nazi party in Germany because it, the, the, the goals that Hitler wanted with racial cleansing, mental hygiene, racial hygiene, and all the rest of it fell in line with that of psychiatry, which was, again, as I say, was, it really came out of the eugenics movement. And lots of the theories still do. Inherited genes, bad genes, recessive genes, dominant genes, and so on. That's what it's founded upon. For those who want to call, you can call in at 1-800-313-9443. And I'm going to go on to this other little article that ties right in with something I've been talking about for years. It goes into the real meaning behind the old hermetic tradition, but that people really don't understand, the ones who follow the books. It's a repeat of something I've read before from an Australian newspaper, but this, again, is getting passed around the world, and it's always a reason when they pass these articles around the world. Okay. Someone said, I've got a good toll, I've got some callers on the line. And I can't seem to find them here, hold on. They weren't there a a second ago. Anyway, this one's about hermaphrodites. And it's from an Australian scientist that's getting pushed up there into prominence, who's got a message, of course, that ties in with where the world is to go. It's from the National and it says here, men on a slippery slide in future hermaphrodite worlds, July 11th. And I read it then. I'm reading it again because these guys are not kidding. Are men the new endangered species, according to a Melbourne bioethicist? New bioethics is eugenics. They changed the terminology because Hitler gave it a bad name. They call themselves bioethicists now. They're very ethical about where we're supposed to go. And they're all made up of scientists who are into eugenics. He says, men are there, or way up there with pandas and polar bears. 
In a speech entitled, Should Human Beings Have Sex? Dr. Robert Sparrow, sound like a bird, I should say, yesterday told the Australian Medical Students Association Convention that females could soon rule the world as hermaphrodites without any biological use for men. With the help of some frozen sperm at first, females could procreate on their own until stem cell technology meant bone marrow and other human tissue could be converted into sperm. The senior lecturer at Monash University's Center for Human Bioethics said. To reach this post-sex world, Dr. Sparrow said parents wanting the best for their children should start choosing baby girls through IVF because they live longer and have more opportunities in life. Really. There are significant restrictions on the opportunities available to men around gestation, childbirth, and breastfeeding, which will be extremely difficult to overcome via social or technological mechanisms in the foreseeable future. Women also have longer life expectancies than men, he said. Dr. Sparrow said his somewhat tongue-in-cheek argument was based on a line of thought about medical ethics that suggests medical technology should be used to serve the welfare of individuals and remove limitations on the opportunities available to them. See, they really worry about minority groups, if you noticed. It's, it's all about helping minorities, tiny ones. That, this is what the whole world's about, you know. That's what it's about. Spending billions of taxpayer money on genetic research because they want to help the poor and the infirm and those who are simply trapped in the wrong bodies. I argue that if these are our goals, we may do well to move towards a post-sex humanity until we have the technology to produce genuine hermaphrodites the most efficient way to do this is to use sex selection technology to ensure that only girl children are born. Girl babies, therefore, have a significantly more open future than boy babies, he said. The argument, Sparrow says, stated developing in his mind, or started developing in his mind after the professor of practical ethics at Oxford University, Julian Savalusku, suggested in 2005 that designer babies should be created by enhancing. Here's a real key here. Enhancing their DNA before birth is all about taking genes out and putting genes back in. Because they don't want individuals, they want a passive, well-controlled society. When asked if people should act on his suggestion, Dr. Sparrow said he didn't expect many people would take up the challenge just yet. I don't think we're seriously looking at a world of only girl children just yet. But I do think that when philosophers start talking about using medical technology to achieve things that aren't about health, so increasing people's IQ or life expectancy, for example, you have to ask why we shouldn't all be girls, he said. Maybe we should address this or send address to him for giving us this valuable information. But you can see where it's all going and what it's all really about. Now we'll go to the phones, and we've got Jared in New Zealand. Are you there, Jared? G'day. Yes. Hello, how are you? Not so bad. How's Hamish? Oh, he's doing just great. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just uh, bring up um, last... uh, Sorry, I've never been on Talkback Radio before. That's okay. Uh, Yeah, um, last Anzac Day, there was an article in the paper, or the week after Anzac Day, about uh, some Freemasons that got together and um, that 300 of them turned up in Timaru, it's a small town in the South Island. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were saying, you know, what they were doing. Well, they didn't say much, but 
at the end of it, they said they were there to celebrate um, the sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, they do yeah. it all over the world. Yeah. yeah. The esoteric, esoteric meaning of it, yeah, sounds a bit of a worry, isn't it, really? Yeah. Well, like, they, do love, um, they do love fire, and they do love passing things through the fire. Yeah. And dancing in front of a big owl that, that <laughs> yeah. signifies wisdom. Yeah, there was complaints from the. Apparently, there was a complaint from the um, motel owners too about them bringing their billy goats in after dark, but that yep. was just speculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's probably really what Gallipoli was, wasn't it? A bit of a blood sacrifice. I've no doubt. I've no doubt yeah. at all. I remember even the BBC showed a documentary back in the seventies when they they yep. showed you part of it, actually using a goat in, in a pentangle. And uh, they have to jump over this silly goat, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it's all weird rituals that go way, way back in time. Yeah. And these guys are, are generally very, very wealthy. They're, they're often uh, in charge of your governments, your, your banking. Yeah. Anybody who's anybody is part of their system. And they're all gangsters as far as I'm concerned. They just leech off the public. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, and... Speaking about hermaphrodites, we won't talk about Helen Clark, will we? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just amazing. It's it's amazing uh, how they've promoted this agenda uh, by always personalizing the story with someone who's supposedly suffering, and we've had this ad nauseum for years, that they really care about the occasional individual. But the real agenda, as I say, is 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 to create a brand new type of human. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you can see it everywhere. Eh? Like, I sort of thought I was awake. You know, what yeah. I mean, sort of awake, but I'm only starting to realise now that you know I've started studying it, listening to you and mm-hmm. um, Alex James, and I've read a lot of most of the books. You know, like um, Tragedy and Hope and things like that. And you start, yeah. you start to see things differently, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, it's cool. Absolutely. Quite you see, these guys love to tell us, or at least if we, if we care to read. What they want to do with us, they love to tell the world what they want. It's a form of legalism. They're very legalistic. Yeah. And technically, they can say, well, you know, we told you what we're going to yeah. do. And it is true, they do tell us, if we care to listen, what they yeah. plan to do with us. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. I'll, uh, yeah, thank, well, thanks very much. It's great what you do. And, yeah, thank you. Well, you hang in there, Jared. Yeah, well, 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 I've got uh, another question for you too, but I'll better send that uh, on, uh, on an email, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, Alan. You take care. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Now. And we have Tom in Massachusetts. Are you there, Tom? Alan. Yes. Oh, okay. Just had a connection glitch there. Um, I was reading. I bought the four volumes, or should I say, donated <laughs> to the obtaining the four of the uh, three volumes that you produced. Yeah. And um, regarding the um, the 90 degrees of Egyptian Freemasonry, is that is that another branch, or are those the 90 degrees that you speak of that go over and above the 33 of Scottish Rite or York? It was a parallel branch. It was a parallel branch, and it used to exist in ancient times. So uh, I'm led to believe. But see, there are parallel branches. They call them side degrees. You pulled off in your side lodges if you have the right stuff. And you can attend, still attend your, your basic uh, initiation lodge, the Blue Lodge, and still attend the side lodge as well. Your friends won't even know you've been asked to it. 
or, or that it even exists. And they'll take you up on that. The Black Lodge is one of them when you're pulled off to the Black Lodge, and then you go much higher. So everything that uh, involves progressing within Freemasonry involves the Black Lodge? Yeah, that's very, very high, especially in the Americas, uh, to pull them off to the, the, the Black Lodge. And I knew a Grand Master who was in charge of um, uh, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry in Canada, and he was also in charge of, of an Orange Lodge as well, which is loyal to the Queen of England. Right. Uh, and I talked to his wife, who had Alzheimer's, uh, one night, and she said he was he'd just taken a few members off to the Black Lodge and sort of a little chat with her about it. And so because she had a bad memory and she was, uh, had Alzheimer's, she tended to tell me quite a bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they, they go off and they do all these uh, ceremonies at night and... That's to prove their worth as well. Uh, they'll, they'll often be up there till dawn. And uh, these are the guys who are really zealots. They want to get up the ladder quickly and, and rise higher. But they're also groomed for higher positions in bureaucracies and anything to do with sciences and also with government or governance, as they call it, and masonry of right. the people. Yeah. And another question. Um, I've been doing some separate research and trying to determine... Um, who really um, is God, but I mean, not as, as can be applied to all people through the world, but just in terms of uh, Freemasonry mm-hmm. and in particular um, uh, allusions made to um, uh, this Jehovah, Yahweh, Adonai. Now, I think within Freemasonry, I think uh, Pike had mentioned something about uh, isn't he the same as Lucifer, or is he Lucifer's? Uh, nemesis, or yep. how does that work? It's one and the same thing. <clears throat> you see, in the in the pre-Christian world, <clears throat> you had uh, you had an array of gods on, on an ascending scale, and the one that was in charge of the world, as the Greeks called it, the, the demiurge, right, and or the demiurgos, and the demiurge is oblivious to those above him. Now, and that transformed into Satan. Satan is the lord of the world, or Lucifer again. And uh, Yahweh, when you look at what Yahweh is, is a God who rules the world. Right. He's a God who will bless you materially if you sacrifice to him. He likes lots of sacrifices and slaughter and blood running uh, down the, you know, the holy mount. Um, roasted animals perfect, pure, blameless animals sacrificed every morning. Um, what kind of God are we looking at here? And yet if you serve that God faithfully, you're blessed materially in this world. That's really what it stands for. Well, why did they create a dichotomy in the, the Old Testament? And I think there's a bubble over into the New, mm-hmm. uh, so that you have this separate Yahweh, uh, Jehovah, Adonai, who's supposed to be... Yeah the good guy, and then you've got Satan or Lucifer yeah. who goes against him. Mm-hmm. Is this something that's been created, the, almost like a dialectic, uh, through the there's, centuries? There's no doubt, there's no doubt. Uh, but, but really, for many centuries, the, the, the God of the New Testament was different from the old one. It was a different deity you're talking about, a, a God of love and forgiveness and all this, whereas the God of the Old Testament was very unforgiving. He also could break his own laws, and he even admired Jacob, who fooled his father for right. the birthright. Uh, so if you were, you were smart and cunning, did it craftily, he would bless you. So the God from the Old Testament was, was really the God of the world. 
in Revelations, if you look at Revelations, they go through the whole thing about the beast. And then they tell you the number of his name. Right. And then they tell you that all the seraphim and cherubim and so on are going around the God and all day and all night, forever and ever, saying, saying, and say his name is Holy, Holy, Holy. Right. Holy, Holy, Holy is 666 in Kabbalah. Hmm. So they're telling you that is the one that they're worshipping is Satan. Interesting. Yeah. And when did this melding take place between the Old and the New Testaments so that what we have it today? It started with the Rosicrucian movement in the 1500s, and then it broke into uh, Luther and the Protestant Reformation. Uh, so that's really when it broke out in the 1500s. And then around the turn, the late 1800s, turn of the 1900s, they started to really push and heavily fund the amalgamation of Christianity and Judaism uh, with other things added to both of them, in fact, uh, to blend them all together for the new world or the new age. That's right. So yeah. it's been an ongoing war. And then the, the World Council of Churches, which if you speak it is Wicca, you see, WCC, right. uh, was started up by David Rockefeller. And they then managed the same information to all the seminaries of all the denominations to standardize them all. Wow. Well, I appreciate your help on this one, Alan. And um, I guess there are other callers that are waiting to ask you questions. So I'll uh, take my leave and uh, keep on uh, doing the good work. Okay, take care. Okay, you too. Bye now. I'll be back after this break. cutting through the matrix and cutting through the deceptions that are going on all around. Very old plans worked out down through time and they've got hundreds of years yet to go before they have their perfect creatures. We're all Mark 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5 as far as they're concerned and they plan to go on to the next one very shortly but not the final one. Now we've got Tim in British Columbia. Are you there, Tim? Hi, Alan. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I wish I had a little bit more time to ask this, but I'll uh, give it a shot anyway. Yeah, uh, in uh, 94, I uh, came down with, uh, no, in maybe 92 or 91, I came down with uh, schizophrenia. And when I was 18, I still remember it was uh, right at um, Easter, Easter break. Mm-hmm. And I just listening to you talk about uh, um, earlier today. I just earlier tonight. I just had to uh, give you a call. And do you think um, most of the cases are just like uh, um, being messed with with the harp or something like that? What's your opinion on that? Do you think it's something natural or like just what's your opinion? There's no doubt that there's been mental disorders down through the ages yeah. what, what causes them they haven't really got a clue they've got a hundred theories yeah. which they try to preach as fact but they have no real idea um, sometimes there are hereditary factors it seems that way uh, but not always and, and today you are living in an age where so much tampering has gone on from inoculations and from harp frequencies and technologies like this where they have 
experimented on people who never knew about it for their whole lives. So you, you've got a mixed bag of uh, secret uh, agencies going at it with us, uh, mixed with maybe hereditary factors as well, uh, until it's so muddied. But that's, the, that's how perfect it is. They can do a lot of experimenting on the public. And they've, they've released documentation about doing experiments on this very thing on the general public, generally around naval bases, and um, they draw people pretty well to insanity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The medication, like you say, man, it's murder, and so is the entire medical system, man. Yes. Even before I found out about the whole agenda, I was starting to, like, just learn through hard knocks that the entire thing is just rigged. Doctors are yeah. just brutal, man, and oh, it's yeah. just a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And they, they did experiments back in the 70s. They sent in people who all said to doctors they had a thud in their head. It was called the thud experiment. Yeah. Every one of them was locked up and classified as a schizophrenic. Yeah. And they couldn't get out until they played the game and, and pretended that they really were and took the medications before psychiatry would let them go. Yeah. And it was, it was an experiment. They sent normal people in to say that they heard a thud in their head. Yeah. So the it's, it's, all, it's all, you know, it's all bogus, this whole psychiatric industry. Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean about uh, playing the game there. You've got to act like... Uh, uh, just you gotta admit it, and and just, and just all pretend that. you're getting uh, better and better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyway, thanks a lot, Alan. Yeah, thanks for coming. Bye. Well, that's the music coming in, and there's more callers, but we'll try to get back to them on Monday. It's a call in again from Hamish and myself, who've been out stacking the wood today, Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. Yeah.